everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Raya Affairs and our special series, Climate Leaders 101. In case you haven't heard the first of a total of six episodes, which we will be releasing ahead of the COP27, our analysis into climate leaders will range from countries and regions of the world. But before I go any further into this partnership, I wanted to introduce the co-host with me for this episode. Joining me is Silvia, a project development intern at Raya and an international relations and law student from Spain. Hola Silvia, bienvenida. Would you mind telling our listeners what Raya is all about and what it does, seeing as you've been working at Raya for some time now? Hi everyone, and welcome to the new episode of Raya Affairs. As always, to give you a brief overview, Raya is an international think tank led by young professionals to translate the abstract world of international affairs by simplifying rather than generalizing. Raya is where you can learn about the stories and words of political leaders, the behind-the-scenes of decision-makers, and how politics impacts and changes your life. This is Raya Affairs, filling you in wherever you are. All right, so thank you, Sylvia. As part of our standard procedure, it's really important that everyone listening is really aware of why we are pursuing this Climate Leaders 101 series on the podcast. So over the next following weeks, we're dedicating these episodes on climate leaders in a collaboration between Raya i.e. University's School of Global and Public Affairs, Ayuda en Acción, under the umbrella of the EU Commission's initiative, One Planet for All. One Planet for All is a project that seeks to promote participation from European youth in the fight against climate change, and that's why we're here. So over the summer break, six IE students, including our guest for today, underwent 10 weeks of RIA training, just familiarizing themselves with the RIA methodology and other just research-related seminars. And these reports are being published on the Raya website. As always, I'd also like to make it clear that any of the expressed opinions in this episode are welcome, but they're not a direct reflection of Raya. Raya specializes in unbiased writing and analysis of international relations. And if you missed it, we invited Raya Summer Program intern Quinn Din last episode to discuss our first climate leader, Mohammed bin Zayed of the UAE. So without spoiling too much of this episode, we really discussed how MBZ's awareness of the UAE's dependence on oil, yet his concern of the country's vulnerability to the effects of climate change have really been a huge motivating force to defy assumptions, assumptions we had, assumptions internationally and of the region. And this all has culminated in his ratification of the 2015 Paris Agreement. So we also went into how far his policies have really been implemented, their progress and impact. Feel free to check that episode out. This week, we will be discussing a different kind of international actor. We tend to have a state-centered perspective in terms of factors focused on political figures in the regional and international arena. It's time we expand to other types of actors, such as NGOs, companies, and climate activists. Here with us today is Raya, summer program intern and economics and international relations student, Gobadonga-Afo, to discuss her expert analysis on Greta Thunberg and Lisa Neubauer. Marina, on to you. All right, so hi, Kova, and welcome to Raya Affairs. Why don't you give us a bit of information about yourself, so where you're from, what do you do, and what interested you to join the Raya and IE summer program? Uh, hi, Marina, Celia, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I come from a little town in the north of Spain called Santander. Uh, what do I do? You already said I'm international and relations and economics student at AI. And what interested me about joining the Raya and I summer program was the Raya methodology, which 
takes to a focus on each leader instead of focusing on the political landscape. And furthermore, I have always been interested in climate, but recently I felt the climate debate was too mainstream and I wanted to get more in depth about it. Thanks, Kova. That's actually a really lovely reason to join the program. Now, this next question we are asking all our guests because we know they're very passionate about international relations and also because we always get some fun answers. So, Kova, what leader, dead or alive, who impacted the world would you like to have a five-minute conversation with if you could? I don't know if five minutes will be enough, but I would love to have a coffee or a tea or something with Angela Merkel, the former Chancellor of Germany, because I feel she, I mean, she has been named the mother of Europe and she has been an embodiment of stability throughout really tumultuous time, like the Euro crash, the 2008 crisis, then the refugee crisis in 2015, and lastly, the pandemic in 2020. And I think that she has learned a lot and she's been able to remain in that position of power. And also the fact that she was a woman makes me feel really proud of her and what she has accomplished. All right, wonderful. Let's begin then, shall we? Kova, I really believe that while we all have heard of this Greta Thunberg, whether it be in social media or any other news outlet, not many of us know the details of her. Based on your research, who is really Greta Thunberg? What does she advocate for? And what has influenced her interest in climate activism? Well, Greta Thunberg is simply the most famous climate activist which has even reached a celebrity status. She's been everywhere. She's been the cover of Time magazine. She has been named Time Person of the Year, which only really important and famous people have been able to manage. And she did that when she was not even 18 years old. So I think that kind of gives uh, an impression of her that is the same as the one that is being portrayed in the media. But it's true that because of that celebrity status, sometimes her activism is forgotten, to put it in some way. And to, a- to answer the question of what does she advocate for? Well, she simply advocates for climate. She advocates for climate justice, to reduction of the degrees uh, the planet is growing up to. And especially she encourages to listen to the best science available. To put it simply, she advocates for the achievement of the Paris Agreement goals, but with a more ambitious approach. Um, Regarding her interest in climate activism, she first learned about climate activists when she was a child in school, and she became so touched by the whole climate situation that actually she fell into a depression that lasted for several years. And she developed climate activism as a coping mechanism to deal with her depression. And which was really interesting for me while I was doing the research was the fact that she was able to finally get over the depression and because the, her parents really supported her activism. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a great attempt today. That is indeed very interesting, Kova. 
Uh, could you give us the same background for Rusa Neubauer and perhaps how she became linked to Greta? Uh, well, Luisa Neubauer is mainly famous within Germany and now is starting to become more widely known in Europe, but she has not reached the status that Greta has all over the world. She is the face of the German branch of the Fridays for Future movement, the, jo- the youth organized and led movement that advocates for the climate. And some background on her. As Greta, she also became interested in, in climate change at school. And she actually decided to pursue a degree in geography at university to further understand the situation and how it can be dealt with. Um, about her sake, she advocates for the decarbonization of the economies and an immediate transition to green renewable sources of energy, particularly in Germany, where her activism is especially strong. Actually, recently, uh, she has been in the media a lot because of the recent decision of the German government to reinstall coal power plants. So that's something that is really close to her and she decided to take a stand and she's been striking and protesting um, that decision. Then Greta, she first learned uh, about Greta after uh, Greta's first strike in 2018 in front of the Swedish parliament, but it wasn't until a couple months after that that they first met. It was during a climate summit in Poland, and they both share the same interests, they both share the same concern about the climate situation, and their activism together started at that point. Okay, Kova, so in your report, you mentioned that both activists are dismissed as either too radical or too young to be in the position that they are and to know about such a complex issue by politicians, corporations, and the average members of society. At least, you know, I've observed that Greta's portrayal in the media is very negative. It's about the girl who constantly skips school to whine about global warming. And as you mentioned in your report, my own country's president has called her a pijalla. And for those who don't speak Portuguese, it's a very offensive term to describe a brat. So as a response, Greta always reminds those that their rhetoric is flawed, you know, rather than discuss her looks or her clothes or her behaviors and the differences, they should be talking about the climate crisis and prioritizing that over the latter. And that just shows, you know, how reluctant politicians are to act, to be honest. So hence, can we draw parallels between the youth and gender of these girls and how people and officials respond to their activism because of this? Well, just like you said, I feel Bolsonaro's tweet and comments regarding Greta encompass what a lot of senior politicians, especially male politicians, think about them both. They've been uh, harassed by politicians in the US, in Europe, and but they've both been able to rise above, above it all, especially Tamber, who was actually ostracized at the beginning because of her Asperger. She decided to turn it around and embrace that, saying that it was her superpower. And in her TED Talks, in her speeches, 
she makes that reference as something that makes her stand out and that makes her activism more important. And she actually, during her TED talk, she says that people with Asperger, we see everything as black and white and climate activism is something that should be that way. There's no shade of gray between it. And regarding Luisa, she has also been harassed, not in the same level as Greta, because one of the differences between them is their level of education. Luisa was able to pursue a higher education degree and therefore she has more knowledge on the matter. But Greta, she was 15 when she started protesting. So most of their claims against her were, she's a child, she has no idea what she's talking about. For uh, the current president of Russia actually said that she was a really nice girl. She looked like a really nice girl, but a really nice girl has no idea how the world works. So I think that really sums up what politicians have criticized her for. Yes, I definitely agree with you there. As a follow-up, you know, I wanted to ask, I think you got ahead of me there, but I wanted to ask, how has Greta really managed to transform this criticism into a tool? Other than the superpower you just mentioned, could I argue that her youth is an advantage to connect with other young people about the urgency of the climate crisis? To answer that question, I would say it's definitely an asset in her favor. She has been able to show that no matter how big or small you are, you are able to make a difference. One of the books she has written is called No One Is Too Small To Make A Difference. And I feel that it captures what she's trying to do. She's trying to make everyone stand up, no matter where you are from, what age are you, what's your social or economical status. Everyone has to care about the climate situation because it's something that is gonna be affecting all of us. And in fact, regarding her particular influence over the youth, it felt more than influence, it felt like an aspiration. She was a 15-year-old that decided to skip school to protest for what she believed in. And I feel a lot of youth can get, um, can see themselves in her. And that's why she was able to provoke the shift in the political landscape that it's been going on since she came into the international political sphere. And that actually she received, I mean, her name was given as the name of the effect. It's called the Greta Thunberg effect. So that can sum up that it was really important. Thank you very much, Kova. Um, speaking of the girls' tools for activism, I was particularly interested in the difference you pointed out that exists between the approaches of the two activists. In my perception, Greta approached the situation in a more vocal and holistic way, whilst Risa in a more concrete and tangible way. Could you go into more details as to how the activists' motivations and ideological outlooks differ? For me, uh, Greta is more as a social phenomenon, while Luisa is the doer. Be within the Fridays for Future, Greta is more the public face, the person everyone wants to have a picture taken with, while Luisa is the organizer behind the march that stays behind the scenes, and not a lot of people know about her. I myself didn't know about her until I started doing my research this summer. And for the different motivations and ideological outlooks, I feel like Greta 
Asperger and the fact that she was still a child when she started her activism, as I've said before, really had an impact on the way she conducted her activism because she was more vocal, she was more aggressive at the beginning. Most of the people said that she was only an angry child that had nothing to do with the whole political situation. While Luisa took a more analytical approach that I think might be thanks to the higher education that she has pursued. She's a couple of years older than Luis, than Greta. And when she first got started into climate activism, she was already at university, which gives her a more years of experience in that field. But at the, at the end of the day, they have the same motivations and the same goals. They want political leaders to be accountable and to respect the 2015 Paris Agreement because that's their main demand individually and as a movement. They want them to go through what they, uh, what they decided upon and they sign upon. That's why Fridays for Future is a common path for them even though they have individual manners to express their concerns and how they conduct their activism. So now, Kova, as learned in the Raya methodology of analysis, but also while reading your report, there is a defining moment that transforms an individual into a leader. So what would you say were Greta's and Luisa's defining moments? Uh, yeah, I think every single climate leader has a defining moment that transforms them from being a regular citizen into someone that is able to inspire multitudes of people to take a stand from the climate. I feel both Greta and Luisa had their defining moments, but while Greta's moment was, is really easy to pinpoint, for Luisa is more a journey than an exact moment. For Greta, it's really easy it's the first strike she conducted in the streets of Estocolm in front of the Swedish parliament building because she wanted to protest uh, against the lack of action that the Swedish government was taking to fight climate change and how to help the people to deal with it. But for Luisa, it was more like a conjunction of moments. It's a journey that started in 2015 when she learned that the Paris Agreement was about to be crafted and it kind of was a wake-up call for her about the actual situation of the planet because up until that point she knew it was bad but she had not realized it was that bad. And additionally, the passing away of her father a couple months previous to that also engraving her a sense of grief and loss that was not only regarding to her father, but also regarding the climate and the planet. She was about to lose the planet as well as she had lost her father. And that journey that they started there led her to become involved in social causes and environmental NGOs, but she never took an active engagement in climate activism until 2018, 2019, when she met Greta. In 2018, as I said previously, they met during a climate summit and they decided to organize a strike because Luisa was really impressed by what a 15-year-old had been able to do and accomplish. So the final consolidation of Luisa's journey that really transformed her into a climate leader would be the 
organization of the first international strike for the climate a, month, a few months in 2018. Yes, and Kova, I just wanted to add a slight comment here because I'm not sure if we touched upon this, but as you said, Greta's defining moment was her protest in front of the Swedish parliament with her cardboard sign. And the fact that she skipped school is something that people really talked about in the time and still talk about to this day, how she uses education in her logic, which is a very interesting logic, if I might note. She asks, you know, what am I going to learn in school if my own politicians aren't listening to the facts and to the scientists? So she points out this hypocrisy. And while I feel like we could dedicate an entire episode to just this train of thought that she has in order to advance the movement, it is very true that Louisa's rise was very different, but also different just for the fact that it was a conjunction of moments, as you would say. Koba, we know Greta and Louisa's backgrounds, defining moments, and their different approaches to the topic of climate change. However, what do we know about the solutions they have proposed? Consider, for example, the difference between the tools available for a politician versus the impact an activist can manage with the lack of the same legislative power. Yeah, as you have said, it's really difficult, almost impossible for them to have a direct impact in the way climate legislation is crafted because of the inability to play an active role in the decision-making process because of their role as climate activism, since they are not politicians, they are not able to craft and decide what is going to be implemented regarding the climate. And that's why, unlike them, they are, their approach is more people-oriented. What they want is to raise the awareness of the people regarding the glo- global warming and its consequences. They are, and that's why most of their initiatives, I would consider them to be social initiatives. They are focused on the people, not on the legisla- at the legislative level. Uh, Greta, for example, has made TV documentaries. She has uh, been involved in several books. She's actually releasing a book in next month called The Climate Book, in which she has documented what scientists have said to her regarding the future of the climate. And she just wants people to know what's gonna happen. And for Luisa, she's been in that same line, but she has taken a more analytical approach. She has podcasts to talk about this uh, the climate issue. She has written books with high authors. She has also given several speeches and panels. And what they wanna do is just raise awareness and let people know what's going on so that that people can influence politicians through their voting polls, which is what happened a couple of years ago during the European Parliament elections. And we're going to get into that actually a bit later on, this impact on the elections. But for now, let's go back to the individual. So as a major focus of your report, you discuss both activists' impact. That is precisely what you just clarified now. You know, a climate activist focuses on the influence they can exert on society rather than the progress of any policy or legislation. So could you tell us more about, and I quote, the Greta effect as part of her impact? Of course. So the Greta Thunberg effect is what a group of American academics and scholars decided to name the fact that 
the people that were familiar with what Greta was doing and her activism were had become more concerned about climate and were willing to take a stand to protect it. And that stand was directly a translate, translated into their voting preferences. For example, in Europe, after Greta Thunberg came into the international scene, the Green parties all over the continent experienced an immense rise in the, in the voting preferences. And especially after the 2018 elections, as I had said previously, they were close to disappearing. And because of Greta, it's supposed they have become a whole new power. And even in Germany, they are actually holding a position in, inside the cabinet. So I think it's really important what she has accomplished in that matter. As a follow-up, what has been Luisa's impact? Luisa's effect, if we may say so. What have been her victories, but also her failures regarding her climate activism? So as for Luisa, she's more of an activist and a really analytical one and less of a celebrity. So that fact has made her focus in her book in a different manner than Greta has. For example, one of her biggest victories, I would say, was the lawsuit she filed against the German government, arguing that at the international level they were not following what was stated in the Paris Agreement, but also at the national level they were breaking an international law regarding the rights of the youth, because since they were not following and respecting the climate, they were harming the youth of the country. And what the victory was not the, file, the fact that she had filed that complaint, but that the court actually ruled that they were right. She had filed it against, uh, alongside another fellow activism, activist from Fridays for Future. And the news that came after that ruling were that a new president had been acknowledged in behalf of climate activism. But as you said, she also had failures, like everyone. And I would say the most recent one was the passing of the taxonomy bill uh, the European Commission has crafted. The taxonomy bill basically decided to, in, to include gas and nuclear energy as green, which she is against. So she organized a, a protest in front of the European Parliament before it was, the vote went through. She also started a hashtag called Not My Taxonomy. But even after all that protesting, the bill was a sealed pass. So that was a seal, a failure for her. Okay, Kova, so as we come to the end of the podcast, it's important that we evaluate the overall impact of the movement that both activists have dedicated themselves to, as I mentioned, Fridays for Future. So what force has Fridays for Future had on the perception of youth today on climate policies and at a larger scale on European elections, if you can give us some details? Well, Fridays for Future, for starters, is a movement that was organized at uh, inspired by Greta's first strike, which was considered the spark of the movement. It is considered a collective effort and sh therefore should not be regarded as 
what the individuals do within the movement. For example, Lisa Neubauer is often considered to be the Greta Thunberg, but only within Germany. And that's a label that she has rejected, not because it all it focuses only on what Greta does and therefore makes a link between Greta equals Fridays for Future, because Fridays for Future is something that people are building up as a group and as a community. And therefore, even though Neubauer considers that what Greta has been able to accomplish is great, it should not be the only focus of the people that want to join the movement. And regarding their impact, Fridays for Future has shown that a lot of young adults are aware or are becoming aware of the current and future climate situation and are not scared to take a stand to protect the climate and their future. Uh, they are able to mobilize thousands of youths and people from all ages. And, and additionally, the youth that is being influenced also is able to influence their parents. And therefore, even if they are not able to vote, they tell their parents to vote. A lot of people during the climate elections of 2018, 2019, they said, I don't know what you do, but my children told me to vote for you. So that's what I'm doing. And that's another of the reasons behind the rise of the Green parties at the European level, but also within each country. At first, a couple of years ago, there was no Green Party whatsoever and the ones that existed were really close to disappearing. And now you have Green Parties all over in every single country and especially in Germany where Neubauer has exerted a lot of influence they, and she's actually a member, even though she's not really involved in the political sphere. She has been able to increase the perception of the Green Party within Germany. And that's one of the reasons that is probably led them to become part of the current coalition that is holding the government. Thank you very much, Kova. We have finished the questions about your insightful reports. Now we want your opinion on a very important note. Point blank, yes or no? Do you consider Greta Thunberg and Lucy Neubauer to be climate leaders? I'm gonna say yes. Because for me, a leader must be someone that is able to inspire and influence people to act on the matters that they consider important. And that's exactly what they both have managed to do. They've done it individually, but also Fridays for Future has been a tool for them to spread the awareness and what they believe it's good for the climate. And even though there are differences between both of them, they are collectively involved in climate activism. And that's also something that I believe sets them apart from political climate leaders. Thank you, Kova, again. We will now continue into a new segment in our podcast in which we call Connecting the Dots. So our aim in this segment is just to connect our climate leader at hand, in this case, Greta Thunberg and Luisa Neubauer, with a wider international relations topic. So either development, human rights, foreign policy, security, anything else. Again, we're here to show just how interconnected global politics is. 
Indeed, we can perhaps touch upon a big event that affected all corners and politics of the world during these past two years, the COVID-19 pandemic. The virus effectively changed the climate change movement Fridays for Future in obvious ways. People were kept at home, on lockdown, or socially distanced, and hence this element of huge mobilizations of the movement ceased to be a possibility. Hence, Koba, can we connect the dots on how has this pandemic affected the climate change movement of both leaders in terms of reach, visibility, and impact? Fridays for Future marches and other events have been included to the online world, but Koba, is it all as bad as one would assume, or can we draw some positive aspects from it? Well, I have to say yes. During my research, I found the causes explaining the weakening of the movement after the huge impact that they had managed to achieve after the elections in 2019. And it was mainly linked to the lack of a strict ads, the public speeches, the public protests, the public sit-downs. They were noticed because they were publicly do so that everyone could see and especially so that everyone could join. But during the COVID pandemic, because of all the measures and restrictions that were put into place, all the public uh, acts would would have to be switched to online events. And even though online events like lectures, sit-downs, even online process were organized, they did not have the same effect on people and they did not receive the same attention as they had done previously. However, it is true that something positive can be found in this situation and that is the fact that because of an online uh, situation was created, it allowed people not f- only from Europe to take place in the protest, but also people from Africa, from America, from Asia. And it was especially important because non-European activists were able to communicate what was happening in the places they were coming from. Since the uh, potential dangers that New Bauer and Tamber were talking about they were already taking place in regions where these activists were coming from. And that also swifted the dynamics uh, in each of the leaders, especially Tamber. She actually said that she wanted people to start talking about her and have a more non-European focus and focus on the places where climate disasters were already taking place and affecting people's lives. Thank you, Kova, for these insights. Truly, I think we can all absorb from this discussion that you've dedicated your time to understanding these two key figures for our generation. And I say our generation because while our parents and grandparents had their own political activists, our generation's focus in emergency seems to be with climate change, and understandably so. We and the ones coming after us will be the ones who suffer directly from the adverse effects of global warming. So 2050 is not that far away, you know? So to have Greta and Luisa advocating with such high international recognition is to have, I think, for us an inspiration and motivation that this issue can still be resolved at a global level. In this discussion, we really began by focusing on both activists' background. We learned that They both discovered about the severity and the science of climate change at school. However, they took very different paths of advocacy. 
and this did not come without heavy criticism by the media, society, and public authorities, denouncing the girls' characters rather than focusing on their messages. It's true activism, as we commented, when you transform these criticisms into tools for you to connect to the movement, much like they've done with their young ages and then the youth that follow Fridays for Future. Kova then went on to explain their different ideological outlooks while having those same motivations. Greta really seeks influence globally by being the public face to Fridays for Future, while Luisa acts at national and European levels to organize initiatives using this academic background in geography to support climate mitigation policies. Again, when discussing the solutions proposed by each of these activists, we, together with Kova, differentiated the power of influence that they have compared to other climate leaders, which we'll see in our new episodes, that are in political positions and who can truly have a change in legislature. This doesn't mean, again, that the activists create zero impact. Quite the contrary, we really explored the Greta effect and then discussed Luisa's historical lawsuit against the German government. Before moving on to discuss the importance of the Fridays for Future movement on actual elections, because we've seen that young adults have really engaged in the public sphere by voting Green parties into the European Parliament in 2019, affecting even, I guess this was in your report a slight detail, the EU president's uh, mandate and causing her to announce her European Green Deal as a priority. As for our burning question, are these activist climate leaders we learned with COVA that Greta can be regarded as one at the global level, while Luisa at the European and national level, but nonetheless very important leaders. Once again, Raya Affairs has been an incredible forum for learning and for analysis, all thanks to COVA. So COVA, it's been a pleasure having you on here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and I really hope people enjoy this podcast as much as I did enjoy researching about them both. Thank you, Kova. I'm sure everyone will enjoy it as much or even more. Yes, and for those of you who have enjoyed our discussion and want to read Kova's report, it will be linked on the episode description and you can also find her research on riagroup.org. Also, make sure to interact and follow us on Instagram, raya.now. That's where you see the latest posts of the Climate Leaders series. It was a pleasure hosting this episode today. We're your co-hosts, Sylvia and Marina. Goodbye from us and thanks for tuning in. Have a great day in your sphere of influence. Thank you.